Monday and welcome to another riveting edition of Where Have All the Cowboys Gone? So glad to have you here with me. I know that this podcast is the highlight that launches your week, but you know, I truly understand as well that things have changed uh, on Tuesday nights because The Bachelorette is back. Now, before you go and shut off your streaming device, I am 107 years old, streaming device. Uh, I'm not going to recap The Bachelor or Bachelor or anything like that. That's I've said before, that's not really my thing. That's like total white girl problems. But I think it's important to know, obviously, that Claire is the new Bachelorette. She's 39 years old. I'm going to be watching it. I think you should too. I don't think there's much going on. And it really ties into the theme of this podcast. In short, I think just my little recap, I'll say, I don't know Claire's background. I obviously saw the little highlights from the episode, you know, in Paradise, Juan Pablo season, whatever. I don't have any issues with her. I'm actually down to see her be mature and make mature decisions and and find a guy. I mean, past, I mean, I watched Hannah Brown season and she's 24 years old and she screwed that up like seven times, leaving Luke P around and not picking Tyler and picking Jed who did dog food commercials. Like, I'm ready for like a mature woman that's going to go in there, knows what she wants. Clearly, according to the rumors, she knows exactly what she wants in the form of Dale. So I'm down with it. I'll be watching and maybe I'll have a little bit of commentary here or there to uh, to spill. I do want to say, however, I'm not super thrilled with the crew of men. Um, not too many lookers. The guy with the straight jacket, you should have went home. I, I don't know. I don't know why he's even there. And the imposter, Tyler C. Whoo! Not the Tyler Cameron from last season. The other thing, uh, I feel like this is a bachelor, bachelorette thing. What's up with the loafers with no socks and the high pant leg that are like thin pant legs? Uh, not my vibe. Not my vibe. And I feel like that's just been appearing in the last couple seasons, so... I don't know what that's about, but um, I don't really like it. But I'm excited to see Claire do her thing. I think it will be great for the franchise and, you know, see what she does. Like 39 is still super young. Um, it's not over. She looks great. I think she's got like a new rack, like thrive, live, find a young honey and like go off into the sunset. Go Claire. I don't think I could ever do that bachelor, bachelorette sort of thing. So I give her mad props for doing that. I think more so my reality relationship world lived in Dawson's Creek era. Which brings me to today's episode. We have our very own Dawson and Joey on the podcast today. And you know what? They were not letting any Pacey Witter get in the middle of their love. Uh, unfortunately for me, I was, I will always be a Pacey Witter supporter. I, I was rooting for him season one. I mean, Dawson, when Dawson cried, when Pacey just swooped in, Joey was like, Dawson, I'm not going to spend the summer with you. I'm going to go spend my summer on a boat with Pacey. Deuces. And Dawson was left on the dock. Horrific, ugly cry. I was like, peace, Dawson. But my guests. <laughs> 
Russell and Kim. No, they, they didn't have that. They have been together since they were 14 years old, and they've made it through. Uh, now they've been married for 11 years. They're in their 30s, and they have a lot to talk about. They, you know, I think we talk a lot about being single at this age in your 30s and kind of those pressures and conversations and all of that, but there's also the same thing happening on the other end. Um, So they get inquiries about what's next, where they're living, if there is a child coming soon, all of that. So I really like the way they present that in this episode, and I think it reinforces the point that no one's really ever going to be satisfied no matter where you are in your life and what you're doing and what you've achieved. And so it really needs to come from yourself to know that you're satisfied and you're happy and you're proud. So they they definitely do that, I think, for all of us that are going to listen today. Because I couldn't help myself and they've been out of the dating game forever, pretty much, I give them a dating slang quiz right smack in the middle of this episode. So that's a fun one. You put in your bets now who you think will win that. And I also just want to know, I didn't really edit this episode much. I really wanted their dynamic and their personalities to shine through. So sorry, Russell. The segment where you talk about having a baby and you keep saying getting married twice is still in there. So sorry, but it's hilarious. So without further ado, let me just turn over to the mic to Kim and Russell. Let's go. All right. In the Zoom room today, I have Russell, Kim, and Kate. (laughs) So if you hear heavy breathing in this podcast episode, it's Kate who is lingering in the background. She's just a ghost that's here to sit in on this interview. I've known Kim and Russell for almost two years now. I've boxed with them. And what's so unique and cool about them, aside from them as individuals, is that they've been together since they were 14 years old. And so they may have been out of the dating game for quite a while. So I thought this would be a great opportunity to bring them on. Um, Russell has been a ride or die fan of the podcast. He's been listening since day one. So it was only appropriate to have him on and bring Kim too. So Russell and Kim, welcome. Thanks, Thanks Kristen. Kristen. <laughs> so glad to have you guys here. Uh, why don't we just start with you both introducing yourselves? I'm Kim. Um, I am a choreographer of a local professional dance company. And as of recently, a personal trainer and doing a lot of fitness stuff and really enjoying the hell out of this pandemic. I'm Russell, Um, I'm 33 years old. Uh, I am an arborist and um, I know, I guess I'm enjoying the pandemic a little more than you are, so. Yeah, mine was sarcasm, if that wasn't (laughs) And mine was not at all, so. Cool. Um, And just a professional plug for both, Kim is training. uh, Are you doing online training for people that aren't in the Boston area? Or are you- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Online training for anyone outdoors, whatever, training for people that are local, all that. Awesome. So hit up Kim and then Russell. I mean, we have to plug you are in the Boston Globe this morning um, talking about trees. (laughs) Yeah, I was in the Boston Globe. In fact, uh, after this interview, I'm going to be on uh, Channel 5 WCPB. So uh, that's where I'm running off to after, after this interview. So 
I mean, just two celebrities I'm in the presence of. Amazing. <laughs> um, so let's just dive right into the background of your relationship. So you guys have been together since you were 14 years old. In that time, did you have all you only dated one another? Have you, or did you date other people? Or has it been this consistent from 14 years old to 33 years old of being with each other? Um, we've definitely had some breaks. Um, we've had some moments where we kind of hated each other a little bit, <laughs> which I think is probably a good thing. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, Kim and I grew up in the same town, similar background, um, you know, in New Hampshire and uh, the way the school was set up there was, you know, there were three separate elementary schools and then everyone kind of moved to one middle school and that's where we met each other was in, in middle school. And then my parents kind of forbid me from dating until I got into high school. And so we're both in the marching band together. And Super I, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I had asked him to start dating me at like the beginning of marching band. Um, although we had like known each other because we played in band together in middle school. And, you know, she waited and, you know, the whole week until the end of the week. So we started dating like our first day, freshman year of high school. And, you know, it's something that you know, on the, on the good days, it's great. And on the bad days, it's, <laughs> it's awful. Um, and so, uh, I think, I think it's, uh, it's like any relationship in that way. And, you know, we've definitely had our rocky patches and bring our own baggage to the relationship of stuff that's happened both in our, our own past and stuff that's happened since, you know, but it's, it's been overall, I think a good experience for both of us. Totally. That's so awesome. And I feel like it's such a rarity these days that people these days, but that people stay together for so long. Did you ever think at the time, maybe like in your 20s that you would still be together and married and all of that? Um, I think for the most part. I mean, there are definitely times in like undergrad and stuff like that where I was like, I don't know where this is going or some some rocky moments. Um, but I think once like, I don't know, we were like firmly like, let's do this. I mean, especially once we got married, I guess, like it was all systems go. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, something that I think especially being in college, there's a lot of like temptations and other stuff around and you get exposed to just so much more, um, you know, when you're in college. So you definitely like have your doubts at that point. And even, you know, I know in high school, it was something that you're like, wait a second, you know, we've been dating for like a year and it's, it kind of like started at that point, you know, where there's situations where you're like, well, wait a second, this is kind of nuts. Nobody at 14, like dates for like a whole year, like the same person. And so, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, it definitely was uh, a situation that, you know, when I, had proposed to Kim between our uh, junior and senior year of college that we had had conversations between then and when we got married and expressed to Kim, I said, you know, when I, when we get married, you know, I'm, I'm doing this forever and just look at divorce as kind of not an option. And so run now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for, for me, I think that, you know, it's all, all in all, it's, it's, it's been good. And I think that coming to that with that experience, once we got married, we, we really decided that it was something that no matter what kind of happened, it was something that we really wanted to work on it together and fix those issues that we might have. That's great. I think that's a huge evolution. I think, and that's where people in relationships get really stuck. Um, I know for me, like in the past, if there's things, you know, when you have longevity with a person and you're still arguing about the same stuff you argued about years ago, uh, it's probably not a good situation. So the fact that you guys have evolved as a couple since you were in your teen years, I think says a lot about you as people. So that's awesome. Now, kind of an underlying theme of this podcast is obviously people in their 30s and in relationships and dating, that there's also kind of like a little bit of pressure. Like everyone is kind of looking at like, what's next for you? So you guys have been together for so long. You've been married. You have a house. Um, you punch each other in the face in boxing, which we'll get into. But do you feel that 
you know, you're getting inquiries as to what's next, if there's going to be kids into the fold or, you know, anything else to kind of continue to grow as a couple that like, maybe you're just not ready for right now. Yeah. I think we get that all the time. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think, well, granted, I think it's like died down. I know my mom especially was giving us a lot of pressure um, to get married. And in fact, the first not Christmas to or, not to get sorry. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pressure from my mom for us to get married. It was some, or they did, did it again. It again. <laughs> All right. There was a lot of pressure from my mom for us to have kids. And the first Christmas, we were at my parents' house. And I know Kim hates this, but I said to my parents, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I have an announcement that I need to make to the whole family. And she's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I'm like, we are not pregnant. And so, you know, just kind of drove my mom nuts to kind of even do that. And, uh, you know, I also drove me nuts. Yeah, it probably was not the, the best thing for our relationship to do that. But I think that once my older brother finally got married and had, we have a nephew now, uh, some of that pressure definitely died off. But I know for you, Kim, it's something that there always is that pressure, even from people who meet you and are like, oh, you've been married for, you know, 11 years and why don't you have any kids yet? Yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. I hate it. Um, I think especially like we got married when we were 22. And why on earth, like, if you make the decision to have kids at 22, fantastic. Like, you do you, go do your thing. But to, like, be like, so what's next? You guys going to have a family to, like, early 20s? Yikes. So I think now that we're in our 30s and, I mean, it kind of revved up a little bit when we bought our house last year um, because we were, like, sizing up a little bit and people were like, so that's for a family? And we were like, no, it's just for us. (laughs) We need space if it's, like, a I hate you day. Like, go upstairs, (laughs) do your own thing. But, yeah, no, there's, like, there's a ton of pressure. Yeah, and even when we first got married, even the first house we bought um, was in Rosendale, a suburb of Boston, and we had people were like, oh, you don't really want to be in this neighborhood because it's not really going to be good for kids and for school. And like, well, even if like somehow we decided we were going to have a baby at this point, be a situation in which we'd have a few years before we'd even have to think about school. And and like, just like butt out. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, but no thanks. Right. It's that whole like rite of passage when you get into your 30s. It's just like, all right, now it's time to get serious. And you're like, I have, you both have great careers. You have, you have a cute little dog you're, and you just bought a house. Like those are like milestones in your life. And those should be celebrated in big ways, not just because, you know, a baby is a game changer, but it may not be everyone's goals at the moment. So I think that's very, very telling. Now, because you brought up the fact that you do have a beautiful house that gives you more space, I want you both to kind of flip our little segment called Not a John Wayne on its head, because I'm sure there's things that the both of you do, given that you've been together for so long, that kind of make you a little annoyed. So I want to give you the floor and for you to kind of give a 60 second plea. It could be about each other or it could be about what the other sex does that just does not embody, you know, your female John Wayne or your male John Wayne that would embody the ideal husband or wife. Do you have, I bet Russell already has something ready to go. I think, yeah, we should probably start with Russell. <laughs> He's probably teed up, ready to go. All right, Russell, do you have a topic in mind? I do. <laughs> I <know you> do. <laughs> Surprising no one. All right, I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> Go. I want to talk about masculinity. 
I have a big problem with the fact that nowadays people think that to be a man, you need to be strong and that you never need to show your emotions and that it's not okay for you to like rosé and you have to smoke cigars and go out golfing and drink beer. And so I think that it's just something that we're sensitive people. And I think that there needs to be some respect for the fact that I can also enjoy boxing and like Star Wars and I can be a big geek and enjoy driving cars fast. And so I think that, you know, there needs to be a lot of respect for the fact that people are different and have different needs in their life. And not everybody is going to be that idea of a manly man. And I don't think that even John Wayne would say, okay, you know, we need to just go out and, you know, be these super tough men all the time. I love that. I love that. And I think too, because you are a frequent listener of this podcast, you hear kind of a lot of the women say that that's kind of top tier, like kind of what they're looking for, but really what they want is someone that can like support them emotionally and be there for them as well. So it's great that you say that. Cause I think a lot of times people buy into that like surface level stuff on the apps when really that's not what they want at all. So that's a great point. Good job. Good, good prep. And makes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, did you use your whole sixty? Did you not use your whole sixty seconds? That's he, very. He did it. It was like forty-three. Dang. All right. Well, <laughs> not as prepared. Well, do you have a topic? Sure. I'm just gonna wing it. It's gonna okay. be great. All right. Awesome. Ready and sure. go. So I want to talk about communication. Um, I think. Especially I'm thinking about watching the debate the other night and men kind of give women a bad rap as like nags or overly hysterical. Um, And I'm just kind of sick of that in general. I feel like the like very stereotypical male shortcoming is under communication. Like I'm not going to tell you what I need, what I want, whatever. And women are a little bit maybe of an over communicator. So that just sets us up in like the eyes of society as naggy or needy or, you know, like a little hysterical or something like that. And I feel like that's kind of, I'm generalizing, but due to like male under communication, I'm just going to stop right there. Cause I could ramble for a while. But <laughs> it's good enough. That was great. That was under 60 as well, but Damn, you guys did phenomenal. Kim, that's an amazing point as well. I think there's a lot of times too when women are dating or in relationships that they're afraid to say what they really feel because they don't want to like piss off the guy or seem too needy or come across in a certain way. So I think you hit it on the head 100%. Um, But it's very true. You guys seem to balance each other out emotionally. (laughs) In many ways, yeah. Well, I did mention that we all box together and I know that you two are competitive. Russell might be a little bit more competitive. I'll just say that. (laughs) I want you to flex those competitive muscles because I have a dating slang quiz for you. So because you've been out of the game for a little bit, I want to test your knowledge about what words terms uh, that are used in the dating world. Uh, there's a few that I had no idea. So I think I'm just like too old for this. So we'll, <laughs> we'll get through it together. So um, whoever answers first, uh, I guess we'll get, get the point. I'll keep track of points. Cause I know Russell cares about that. Let me just. Very I, much. I very much care <laughs> about that. I know. I know. All right. We'll start off with a couple softball questions. Define what it means to swipe right and swipe left. So swipe right would be you're choosing the person and swipe left would be you're rejecting the person. That is correct. And for the (laughs) record, I answered first. (laughs) Next question. What is a catfish? 
Oh, so a catfish <laughs> is somebody. He's just gonna get into <laughs> yep. it. He's so, fine. Uh, if anybody's seen the MTV show, Catfish, it would be somebody who claims to be something that they're not, um, whether male or female, and then they turn out to not be that person. Typically, it's somebody there, they're using a different picture of themselves uh, to then, you know, show up to the date or meet them in person. They're not who they say they are. For the record, I'm just letting Russell have these. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, he's bound to get, it gets hard, so he's bound to get one wrong at least. But these are easy ones. Define what sliding into someone's DMs is. Okay, like that's an easy one. You just like shiftily pop up Instagram, wherever, just to like, like a picture, say hey, be kind of a perv or not. Absolutely, point for Kim, point for yes, Kim. Yes, on the map, on the board, whatever the expression is. <laughs> and the last, we'll round out the last of the easiest questions. What is ghosting? Oh. Oh. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> ghosting, ghosting is when somebody doesn't just like shuts off communications, like just like I'm done. Like you're texting or like disappears, DMing or whatever, and then all of a sudden it's just like it's just gone, like a ghost. Yes, yes. Russell may have picked that up in the podcast because I think everybody talks about being ghosted. For the record, Russell temporarily ghosts me all the time during the day. <laughs> so. <laughs> Oh, so you're you're an expert in ghosting. Yeah, receiving ghosting. All right, now we're gonna get into sort of the other ones, a little bit harder. What does it mean when someone leaves you on red? So that's when uh, <laughs> they, uh, you can see the read receipt, especially for like a text message or a Snapchat or whatever that they like actually saw the message and then they never responded. Yeah, and usually in a dating sense, it's when they make plans with you and then you like send them the text and be like, are we still on? And you see that they read it, but they never talk to you. Oh, yeah. that's awful. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. Wow. People are jerks. They are jerks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, this next term, I actually got very wrong um, and I used it in a marketing email that I was like screamed at for because I didn't know at first. What is Netflix and chill? Like when you go to somebody's house to like watch Netflix, but it's really just a hookup. Correct. I tried to email that to college students. Um, well, <laughs> I, I was like, what is your next Netflix and chill? Um, and that didn't go over well. So because it's actually happening now, what is cuffing season? Oh, that's when you like cuff your pants, especially no. if you're wearing like hugs. No. Is that not cuffing season? <laughs> I thought, I, seriously. Dating I, slang, dating slang. To look really good for. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, that's what I thought cuffing season was. That's like was. the beginning of like the like find somebody for like winter game. Like you're like kind of auditioning who's it going to be? Who am I going to have for like a winter like person to be with? Wow. That oh, is God. correct. Yes, yeah, so um, they say historically that during like the early fall and winter, people are more active on dating apps because they want to ward off the loneliness and the cold season and just have someone around. But it's an agreement, and I have the, the definition here. It's strictly seasonal, and it ends as soon as the leaves start turning green again. So <laughs> it's like the opposite of like a summer flame. Exactly, yeah, but like super depressing. Very. All right. These next two, I've never heard before, but I thought that they were interesting. So let's see if you can get through them. What is benching? 
I have no idea. Outside of like a fitness perspective. Right, <laughs> outside yeah. of sports, all of that. Think oh, about I, it. Think, I think I have an idea. So wouldn't it be like the stable of people that you have on your bench that like you could like call up and be like, oh, I want to like hook up with you or whatever. You're on the bench of like somebody that like, oh, if I need somebody at 3 a.m. because like I'm feeling something, you could call up. <laughs> yes. Was that a good guess? Was that a lucky guess? Well, when Chris is like, yes. think about it, then, you know. Yeah, you think about it. Yeah, it's someone you don't want to officially commit to, so you kind of string them along. And then when you they ask the, what are we? You just kind of give them a BS answer, and then they accept it. So, yes. Thanks. Next one um, is a little bit similar. It's called breadcrumbing. Oh, wouldn't that be like when people just on, on like dating apps like go along like a little bit like I'm and it's, oh, I can meet with you like you can like next week comes it's like, oh, I'm super busy and they like keep like stringing you along, but they're not really ever looking to ever meet with you and instead of ghosting you, just kind of like, oh, I'll just kind of like string you along for a while. I mean, did you Google all of these? Because yes, no, I, I, <laughs> you never tell me what these were. Quite possibly. <laughs> Would I have it? All right, we got three more. So Kim. You got this. Maybe. <laughs> What's a thirst trap? Like when you're putting stuff out there on the internet that's like designed for people to like comment on. To slide into your DMs over, perhaps. Exactly. Little, like, provocative content. Yes, 100%. All those like little bikini pics and all that that the young gals are, are doing these days. <laughs> what would you describe a snack as? Like, almost like a thirst trap, no? Like, <laughs> if you're like, look good out there, like, you're a snack, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you, a babe, a honey, a stummer, a stun, yeah, a stunner, a smoke show. Yep, so if you say that person's a snack. Um, I just put this one in here because honestly, it was just amazing to say. What's a turkey dump? <laughs> what? what? I have not even- It's a not a sexual thing, it's a dating oh. thing. <laughs> well, Oh, would that be like you you break up with somebody like right around Thanksgiving, I'm assuming, because you didn't want to get them a present for like the holidays? That's a good guess. Yes, the turkey dump happens after one person in the relationship returns back to college after Thanksgiving. So it's like, yeah, they get rid of them after Thanksgiving. Isn't it like all the people too who are like Valentine's Day, they don't want to actually like do around Valentine's Day. So like, oh, let me break up with you like before then. Terrible. Yep. Yeah, dating's fun, doesn't it? I mean, it's great. So with a score of seven to five, Russell, you win. Thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations. <laughs> you can post that on your social media if you would like. <laughs> All right. So great job, you guys. Um, the clock is ticking because Russell has an interview. So I'm going to keep this, keep this moving. Let's talk about boxing. We've had a bunch of boxing people on so far. One is the ghost in the corner of the Zoom room right now. What do you think boxing has done for your relationship? I know when I first met you guys, I actually saw you guys sparring, um, but you don't spar too much against each other. It's like here and there. Do you think it's been helpful for your relationship? Um, has it gotten you guys closer? And then Russell, I know Kim, you've seen Kim participate in some big fights in the last couple of years. How does it feel? Uh, having your spouse step into the ring. So kind of a loaded, overarching boxing question, but feel free to attack any of those. Um, I think we can start with sparring, perhaps. I think it can go one of two ways. Um, I think 
our coach Jess is fantastic at moderating like when perhaps we can fight each other and when we need to like maybe go on a little bit of a break um because as you mentioned we're both pretty competitive with one another and things can spiral a little out of control but honestly something that's felt really great is we've been working together during the pandemic to do some sparring and having like a built-in bubble buddy that like i can also (laughs) hit in the face is a really fantastic thing has it brought us closer I don't know. Does it make me understand Russell a little bit more? Sometimes, yeah, because I think I'm learning about him as he boxes, what makes him tick, what makes him feel really vulnerable in ways that I haven't learned in our bajillion years of dating history. So yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe it does overall bring us closer and it's really enjoyable. Maybe at least for me, I don't know. Yeah, I think that uh, for me, you know, I would say boxing is not like my first love. I know for Kim, like you really love boxing and it's something that you know you were kind of like in a slump after grad school and found boxing and it was like a great opportunity for your, for you to do that where I kind of like fell into it afterwards just seeing like how much you loved it and wanted like something that we could kind of do together but for me like the mental health standpoint of that where I struggle with my own anxiety and depression it's something that you know being able to get in the ring and it's like okay you know a lot of the things that make you anxious and nervous and upset about that those come out in the ring, both in good and bad ways. I know that there've been people at our boxing gym that have punched me and I've, you know, then had to, uh, you know, go into the corner and cry. And, and, you know, it's something that, uh, not me though. For yeah. The um, but I know I've also punched him so hard at one point that I made you cry. So, you know, it, it's something that that competitive nature does like come out. Um, and it's something that, you know, having that third person in the ring, you know, being our coach, Jess, it, it does help to have, to have somebody there, but it, it is something that it is hard to, see your partner in, in Kim get into the ring and fight somebody else. I know, Kristen, you were sitting next to me at, at Kim's last match and you could kind of see from me just how nervous I was. And, you know, all of those kind of worst things that come out in you uh, as somebody who is, you know, stepping into the ring, you know, when I've, when I've fought somebody else, you get on the outside too, or you're nervous and wondering, you know, am I even going to be able to get out of this, you know, at the end of that? So it's um, only, I think Kim, you're right in the fact that it does make you understand your partner a lot more um, and see something that they uh, really love and enjoy is great for your relationship and allowing somebody to be able to do those things. Very well said. Yeah. I think boxing is probably the most vulnerable thing I've ever done. And you too. I mean, we haven't known each other for that long, but I feel like you guys know me so well because you've seen me in my highs. And when I say highs, like a good sparring night to like (laughs) those where like I, you know, got a bloody nose and like got knocked out and things like that. So I feel like we've been in a lot of situations together that like other people wouldn't really understand, you know? Yeah, and I think it's very hard the to explain sport itself. It. Yeah, I think the sport of itself, like when you, when I watch Kim go in the ring and you as well, Russell, you know what it's like to be in there. And you like, so you feel that. And I think a lot of people don't really get that if they don't do the sport. So yeah. for sure. Just to round things out. So what do you guys think about dating culture? I know I just put you through that wonderful quiz. Um, <laughs> you know, if you were both single in 2020, how would you approach dating? And what would be an ideal date for you? <laughs> You're both like puzzled. Yeah. I would fail so hard, I think, if I had to date anyone right now. I think it's like a terrible time to, I don't think I could like, make anything work and like a like bar scene or a club scene or anything like that. Um, and I think, I don't know, I'm just like an introvert and I'm a little awkward and I think it would just be, it would be terrible. 
Yeah. yeah, I know for me, I not written, you know, writing out things like if I was having to slide into somebody's DM and, <laughs> and try and, uh, you know, entice them with my words to, you know, then then try and you know reply back to whatever wrote. I'm not really sure that I could get anybody to to reply back. And I know, you know, Kim and I, you know, talk on this, you know, on occasion where it's like, I don't know in 2020, if we would end up together, if it's something that we, uh, you know, find ourselves, you know, trying to meet each other on an online app. And I think there's, there's a lot to be said for people just start filtering out so many things in for specific characteristics or, you know, different views or something. And I think it'd be really difficult to, to try and, you know, find somebody at this point. You know, there was a, a, you know, a family issue that happened, uh, you know, for me, and it was something that uh, Kim had suggested going on, like Bumble has that like BFF feature. So you could like find like a friend on there. And so like I was doing Did you that. get ghosted? Uh, I did, you know, <laughs> it's, it's something that I think I, I would recommend that for like anybody who wants to just know like what it's like online date who like maybe has never done it. It's like kind of made me understand like all of those things. You're like, I'm not looking for anything like sexual at all. Like I was looking for another male companion that I could like hang out with that was had nothing to do with like my industry, you know, or anything that I do or it had no knowledge of me or like anything like that. And uh, even with that, it was like, I, I wasn't able to find somebody. And I think so, that's your problem. You yeah. need to woo them with talk of trees. <laughs> Just like, have you read the globe this morning? I mean, <laughs> carries it around, pulls out of pocket. Oh, I'm kind of glad you got to experience that because, you know, people think it's really easy. I mean, it's it's the top way to connect with people and me is online, but it's not as easy as it may seem. So um, good for you for giving that a go, though. To wrap up, any last words? We're not a dating advice podcast, but I mean, you guys have been together for so long. Any advice about making it work and just, you know, trying to thrive together as a couple? Um, I think just giving your partner like permission to change, evolve, grow, like things change over time. And I think if you're expecting things to stay the same from like day one, even I think short-term dating, I think this applies too. If you don't give that person like the chance to grow, I think you're setting yourself up for failure. I think that working on yourself, I think is just as important too. And I think that, you know, all of the, uh, having experienced, you know, abuse growing up, it's something that, you know, I, you know, had to go to therapy. And I think that, you know, giving yourself that permission to say, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, I'm going to bring to this relationship that are issues that have nothing to do with you, my partner, but have a lot to do with the way I was treated growing up or issues that have happened in my past, I think is, is important. And communicating those things to your partner of like, hey, here's the things that I'm working on and, and apologizing for the things that you do wrong and being sincere in that, I think is the, is the best thing that you can do. That's wonderful advice from both of you. Thank you so much for being so honest and upfront about everything. And you guys are awesome. I won't say couple goals because that's gross, but um, you know. <laughs> I love you guys. You are, you are so great. Before we uh, end for the day, Kim, would you like to plug your podcast? Because you also have a podcast. Sure thing. If you are in the market to check out some bad movies, why? I don't know. Um, you can <laughs> head on over to Three Minute Movie Reviews to listen to me talk for precisely three minutes about terrible, terrible movies. It's it really good. Really enticing. <laughs> when you see it that way. It's really, really good. No, I mean, I like that it's a short format too, because I think sometimes podcasts can be really, really, really long. Anything else you want to plug, Russell, aside from trees? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No, check out uh, check out Kim. Uh, you know, as a choreographer on Luminarium Dance, um, which is you know her other gig. And then if you're looking for a personal training, oh, you know, uh, <laughs> check out my wife as well for that too. So, look at that, just a champion for your wife. We love to see it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kristen. Thanks, Kristen. What an episode. You got a real life Dawson and Joey. You got a little bit of sports talk. You learned some slang. And hey, let's just talk about that production value there with the little game show music. I mean, that's worth five stars, is it not? Don't forget to rate the podcast and show some love for the love that I just put into this episode. Thank you so much to Kim and Russell for coming on. I love what they had to say all about communication, being upfront about your emotions and be transparent. Like tell your partner if you're not into something or let them know if they're being a total asshole. I think that we can all learn a lot from the longevity of their relationship and the evolution of it. So Thanks to both. Uh, Be sure to check out Russell and the Boston Globe and Kim uh, on her podcast, Three Minute Movie Reviews. Uh, Much shorter than this podcast. So if you've been slumming it with me since July, I mean, you can certainly go over there and give Kim a listen. She's great. Next week, I mean, while we're on a theme here, Halloween is approaching. Ghosting season, maybe. Oh, kill me now. Kitty Cat, because that's a girl that loves a good theme, will be back on the podcast and she will be helping me read through some of the submitted stories that you guys sent in for a very special, spooky, creepy Halloween show. So it will be a good light one. Uh, We'll be sharing your dating stories and maybe some of my own and maybe some of Kat's. Does hers involve cocaine? I don't know. You'll have to tune in to find out. As always, follow the podcast on Instagram at Cowboys Gone Pod. And I'm going to leave you with this. Do you know what the zip code was in Dawson's Creek? 90108. All right. I'm going to go see myself out. Bye.